Hey everyone, and thanks so much for tuning into today's episode. Now, today's episode is with a very interesting fellow. He's a friend of mine by the name of Swala, S-W-A-A-A-L-A. He's a meme lord or a memester, a renowned one at that within the Bitcoin space, both locally and internationally. And I'm very pleased to have him as a mate. We had an epic conversation and I had a roadmap of where it would be going and it didn't go there for the most part. And those are the best conversations. I absolutely loved it. And we spoke about all sorts of things, obviously relating to Bitcoin and crypto um, and then into things like memes and communities and superannuation. And he actually had a whole lot of interesting stuff to say that I wasn't expecting and I actually learned a fair bit. So yeah, I think you'll really appreciate the episode and get a little bit of insight into the mystery man behind the bucket. Otherwise, I just wanted to say thanks so much for coming along on this podcasting journey. I appreciate all your support. It really means a lot to me and I feel really blessed to be able to have conversations with Bitcoiners and that people actually want to listen. So much appreciated. Much love, friends. This is what gives me energy and oxygen. All right, enough from me. Which one's the best crypto asset? Well, Bitcoin's the best crypto asset. Okay. What's the second best? There is no second best. There is no second best crypto asset. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Why Bitcoin Show. I'm your host, Dale Warburton. It's a weekly podcast on why Bitcoin matters and what makes it completely different to all other cryptocurrencies. If you're interested in Bitcoin, and you'd like to distill crypto fact from fiction, you've come to the right place. Alrighty, Ruth. So uh, I've got a, a mystery man, the bucket man. <laughs> uh, so welcome to the show, man. Thank you very much. So tell us a little bit about this wisdom that's flowing out of the top there. For those who aren't actually watching. Well, I've got to get the right angle. Yeah. If I get the right angle. There oh, it is. There it is. There we go. That's the wisdom that I'm expecting from today's. I'm burning. <laughs> I'm burning like a candle up here. There we go. There we go. Well, your brain's on fire, and I hope you've got some, you've got some gems for us today that will match the fieriness emanating from the brain. I'll show you the pick first. Show me the pick. There we go. That's that classic meme of all the barrels. But anyway. There we go. I actually love it. Do you know how much I'd actually love to do a ice bath pod? Like, uh, no jokes, eh? For real. Well, I want to do it. I want to do it over in El Salvador. Why? Do they do, they do pods there with... Um, no, with, no, no, um, no. For the halving party. Okay. So so what's the so what's the story? So you're actually going to try and organize barrels of ice and, and, and have a chat? Mm. It's Don't a joke. It could happen. Yeah, could happen. You're sitting in a steam company there. I mean, we've got Breedlove, Hoddle. Who's on the right there? Like, and on the left. I mean, because there's a John Vallis. Um, uh, yeah, the Breedlove sailor in the center. A sailor, uh, a sailor, yeah. I think Mark Moss is on uh, that side. Oh, that's Moss. This okay. Guy, this guy, I, I, I don't 100% know. No, I don't know. And you I, imagine he'd be quite famous. Yeah, I did. I did. I did um, find out who he was in the end, but I don't really know. No, not memorable. In other words, not memorable. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. He, I'm sure he does a few podcasts, but, um, but yeah, yeah. No, I, don't, I don't really know. 
Okay, fair enough. So let's start off with let's first things first. This is the this is the question that's on everyone's lips. All seven people who are listening right now. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, by the way, let, let's just let's just point out the fact that I was your first subscriber here. Oh yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm very stoked for that. Yeah, so I'm in a whopping twelve at the moment on on, on the YouTube, and um, you were number one. You'll always be number one. So you'll have a special place. That's in my, right. In my YouTube, can I do that? Yeah, exactly. Well, as long as I don't get cancelled, bro. So let's not say anything too offensive. Well, that's it. If you start a new podcast, I'll have to. I'll have to jump in on that one again. Yeah, no, I'll certainly. I'll, I'll, I'll let you invest in it too. By the way. <laughs> so okay. So let's say first things first. Okay. Is it, is it, are we talking about ten bucks here? What are we talking? Yeah, about? that's probably not, we're not making any money, are we? Yeah, yeah. So okay. So funny story, and maybe I thought this would be fun for people to 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 hear. Um. When we first met, and um, this was mm. at Mara, I actually thought that you were the producer. Yes, I was thinking about this of the uh, Two Bit Idiots podcast, and I was just like, that was one of the most hilarious days. I loved that day, but it was like I was absolutely convinced because you were there. But you just happened to be the interviewed at that time, or just before something yes. like that. Eh? Yeah, we 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 were having we were having dinner, and they and they said, uh, I said like, when am I going to jump on or whatever. And said, so, well, okay, we're good to go now. So we'll go over to some, there was like a palm tree over on the corner. And I did it. I had no shoes on at the time. And so I had a whole bunch of these bindies in my in my feet and it was like killing me. Yeah. And I just sat there on the ground and Brendo just started asking me a bunch of questions. Most of the sort of stuff I've answered before about, you know, the bucket and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And then Hats come over and he says, oh, do you have any questions? And he said, oh, no, I don't have any questions. And then you came <laughs> over and then he started. I went, oh, there you go. There I just think it did total 15 minutes. And then, yeah, then you fired up something else. Yeah, totally. I mean, I was, sort of, I was a bit of a noob, eh? So I arrived and kind of like, okay, well, who's this cat? Okay, look, these guys must be serious, hey? So a shout out to the two-bit idiots who have retired their pod. Much love, yes. boys. You're taking they, over now. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, exactly. I, yeah, I mean, honestly. Uh, but in all seriousness, I think that there is like, oh, there is a little bit of a hole. They were the most relatable guys. People loved them. And I think they achieved so much in a relatively short space of time. So humble, like true plebs, you know. Maybe some of us in the podcasting world are, tr are trying to become quasi-celebrities, but they just didn't give a shit about that. They're just in it for the mission and like real, real people. And I've actually got nothing but good things to say about those boys. So shout out to the two-bit idiots and... Uh, We'll provide a little liquor for the Two Bit Idiots podcast at the at Mara. Yeah, name, name dropping is um is good because it gets people uh, keen. And the best thing is too, right? Is when you do your show notes, you get to go and add all their names, and so you get the maximum amount of hits as possible. <laughs> so, like, why not? I think we should just name drop people all all, all through this entire episode. So you have to you have to you've you've got a lot a lot doing a lot of work with your homework. And you have to add as many people to come watch it as possible. <laughs> I know that was their strategy uh, to to tag people, but um, yes. I haven't employed it to date, so maybe I could learn a thing or two. Okay, oh, let's 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 name drop. But anyway, okay. So let's start with this. Okay, the 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 swala. Okay, I I remember asking you, but I don't think either of us were in the state that would you know result in a very clear memory on either part. So. The Swala name. Let's just talk Swala. Like, what is this act? What does it actually mean? It doesn't mean anything. Okay. It's, um, okay. So it's a, it's a sort of a derivative of my name. Um, if you, if you, if you had 
nicknames when you're a kid or whatever like that you know sometimes you might throw a bit of flair here and there but when I was in my 20s and I started working at this one particular place um, this one particular uh, receptionist used to use my name in a very long elongated sort of stretched out name oh yeah yeah while the swallow was in that name so it just got tagged onto this really really long weird ass name and so it doesn't really mean anything I just adopted it for quite a while yeah, so I, I ran with that because it's good. It's a good anonymous num, um, name, and it's also it's also um, memorable Original. to some degree as well. Yeah, um, yeah. But to some degree, it's actually been co-opted like about five years ago, which is not great. It got In co-opted by a rap song. <laughs> <laughs> okay, dead set, dead set. Yeah. So I didn't. I, I had this for about. I've had this probably for about twenty years. This name. Um, and I realized about five years ago that there was um there was some sort of Drake video or something like that where they talk about uh swalala and that's now being attributed to swallowing things. I don't know. Oh God. Okay. But that's um, that's that's got nothing to do with me. I did not did not create my name from that. No. Okay. But I'll I'll, I'll reach out to Drake's people because yeah. I've got a blue check now, so I can do good, what good, I want good. and um. We'll make it happen okay we'll tell them to just get rid of that song man that's just, right get them to delete yeah. it oh, it's probably got about 10 million views but anyway yeah a strongly worded letter we should do the trick i think yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll i'll send them i'll send them my um i'll send them my lawyers or uh copyright breach there we go um okay so that's the swala story now how long have you been in this bitcoin world like um when did you get cracking like first and maybe maybe talk us just through that little journey because nobody gets it right away okay um I have plenty of sort of different experiences um, before all this, but I first got into Bitcoin. I first saw the price of Bitcoin in May or March 2017 and mucked around trying to get onto Coinbase. Couldn't get on. I went over to the States, came back and basically tried again and got approval in November 2017. So I was in there one month before it all crashed to hell. Beautiful. So... That's the what, what do you call that? Um, oh, you know, where we where they throw you straight into the fire, straight straight off the off the bat. Yeah, yeah. Mm. As a trial by fire, basically. Trial by fire. That's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So you got into that. Okay. And what was okay, so aside from the price action, was there anything about it like freedom technology, sound money, or like what angle did you come from it? Just like a greed angle or I knew nothing about it. Look, uh look, I I, I first asked why the price was so damn high. Because as far as I knew, most most shares were like you know fifty to one hundred bucks, you know maybe 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 five hundred bucks. I'd never seen anything that was up in like the three and a half four thousand dollar range, mm. so it didn't make much sense. I um, started probably about I saw the price in March twenty seventeen, mm. and I didn't do much about it. I tried to get on the Coinbase um, a bit there, and I couldn't I couldn't get on the Coinbase, so I decided I would quickly go off and do my overseas trip, which was over to the states. When I came back, I tried again, got on the Coinbase um, in November 2017 and bought my first Bitcoin there. And that was about like one month before the uh, 2017 um, bubble popped. So um, so basically, I, yeah, I got straight into it at that point when the market was about to crash. So that stuffed me up a little bit. But I didn't get into it from any, from any freedom perspective. I didn't really know anything about it except for the price. That was yeah. all I knew. And so I had not heard about it prior. I had never been told about it. I had no clues. And yeah, so I just started researching um, straight away on videos 
And uh, sorry, my cat is giving me the shits. Get off, cat. No, bring your cat in. Bring your cat in. The cat wants to drink my drink. Okay, <laughs> unacceptable. <laughs> I know. Um, okay, so... Well, what videos were you watching, though? Like, I mean, who were, who were the initial influences that, that pushed you down the rabbit hole? Are you talking about other than the whole porn? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, no, to tell you the truth... Um, probably the earliest videos I probably saw, which um, sort of uh, got me uh, focused, was actually um, Andreas Antonopoulos on the Joe Rogan show. He oh. did he did one or two episodes on Joe Rogan, which was done prior, like you know, 2015 or 2014 or whatever. I watched them, and he was talking all about you know uh, getting um, coins onto um, onto wallets and getting them um, secured off of exchanges and stuff like that. And I took a lot from that, and I basically started instantly learning about the general part of how Bitcoin works. So yeah, I didn't, okay. I didn't spend a lot of time wait, mucking around at all. Um, believe it or not, I moved my uh, first set of coins into a wallet in about two weeks from the first time I purchased. So nice. I would, cons- I would consider that lightning fast. I th- not quite as fast as lightning, but yeah, agreed. <laughs> yes. 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 But in, in, in comparison <laughs> to some people who probably uh, bought, bought coins and left it on there for four years and never, never taken it off. Dude, 100%. I mean, I don't want to flex, but I may as well, you know, just do a bit of a flex. I was so skeptical about the whole thing that I, before I even bought, I figured out how to withdraw. Like I figured out that self-custody was the game and I was terrified to have it sitting on, at that point, CoinSpot, because that was my trusted exchange. None of the Bitcoin-only exchanges were actually ranking on Google, um, unfortunately, and it was all the shitcoin casinos were popping up and it seemed to be the most credible apparently. And um, yeah, so, but that's, that is quick. Cause I actually had a conversation with someone recently and they've just got like had half a Bitcoin sitting on Luno. And yeah. this is a friend in South Africa. And I'm like, dude, get that shit off immediately. I'm like, yeah. I insist. Yeah. So that is pretty quick. So, so initially like number go up is interesting to you. Maybe you look at that and you go, okay. And then Andrea starts building from a foundational level, which is great because a lot of people like me came in with Raul Powell and now Rug Powell and, and you know that kind of stuff. Like some of the <laughs> Rug Powell, <laughs> Ruggy, yeah, exactly. I mean, I thought he was so good, hey. And then suddenly the NFT stuff that began, I was like, whoa, boy. Um, but yeah, so like you went straight to like the heavy hitter, which is just like, yeah, that's unusual because I don't know many people that started relatively late that started with Andreas on Joe Rogan. I mean, and I'm shocked bloody Joe's not even a full-on Bitcoiner. Like a, he... Well, I think he's trying to avoid it. Okay, is that the word? Yeah, so what's your take on that? Let's talk about that. Because I think that, um, like, some people have discussed this, the fact that if he starts to bring it up, he knows that he will start to get, um, you get thrown into a sort of a tunnel and you can't get back out of the tunnel ever again. So if you go out there and, and, and profess your love for Bitcoin and stuff like that, suddenly you kind of get to the point where you're not allowed to talk about anything else mm. okay. i mean it's kind of where sailor's stuck right now because because he's been on so many damn podcasts um he's run out of things to say and the only thing he says is you know bitcoin is a clock and bitcoin is a chair and you know bitcoin is a is a gold coin it just yeah i think he's run out of things to say and that's yeah. what would happen to joe rogan if he if he dared step over that line he's got to keep on talking about all of the other, other random stuff and you can't, yeah. if you step into that thing, you kind of can't step back out again. Yeah. I mean, there, there is some truth in that, I think for sure. Cause it is, um, it's also polarizing. Do you know what I mean? In the yeah. sense that like, 
uh, it's just it's like hey i want to just be a show that a generalist i don't want to be dealing with like crypto stuff and then all the yeah. crypto like if he gave too much oxygen to crypto people bitcoiners will come and say joe you know and then or if you did vice yeah. versa do you know what i mean the, the crypto i'll, I'll, I'll send win. you forty thousand dollars if you talk about my my latest range of um anus NF nfts <laughs> it should be buttholes there yeah, yeah I'll buttholes, butthole nfts totally but yeah the crypto that's, big butts that's where it goes if he if he if he dares venture down there he will get those invitations i think well i think you know what once if he starts talking about crypto dick butts i think that's when my relationship with joe ends because i <laughs> honestly feel like i know him it's so weird like this is what's weird when you've had someone in, you know tuned into ears for years on end and you just like especially through COVID, like i just was plowing through joe and I love I love that dude, and I also love MMA. So it was just like there isn't anything that he talks about from like like that's just boring. Would yeah, you, no. Would you say that he does better for Bitcoin by only littering it like a little bit of salt in every episode, rather than, rather than doing three hours worth of it? If he goes and goes, you know, they shut down my bank account, and just has that five minute talk with that. Isn't that isn't that like getting through to the people who aren't switching off? Because that's the thing. If you if you had a episode directly with a Bitcoiner, then people might not click on it because they're no longer interested. But there are people who are maybe maybe they're listening to maybe that curry guy who's talking about comedy, right? Yeah. So telling heaps of jokes, and then Bitcoin comes up for twenty minutes, and then it steps off and goes to talk about you know Biden or whatever like that. It it's, yes. it slips away, but it gives them that bite, that crumb. It's like a soft sell basically yeah. it's like a little bit like yeah you you, you sort of you figure it out yourself yes. but you leave someone like yeah i've come to this conclusion about bitcoin myself where it's like initially you come in and you're rather naive like okay let's say you get it and you're like oh my god like i love this shit and it's going to change the world and by the way it'll create like untold wealth if you just hold it on and blah 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 and then you start sp spruiking it like you know, like a Jehovah Witness. Um, and you're like, you, you're knocking, like virtually like knocking on digital doors, um, you know, and trying to just tell everyone. And it's actually very annoying. It's fucking annoying. Yes. And um, what I now am like, now that I call myself a little bit more seasoned, because I've been, I've been in the space for like three and a bit years now, three and a half years almost, I would say now I actually rather just make a comment. And if you're interested, you will say something back. And if you're not, you'll just disappear. Um, you know, and then if people want to talk about it, cool. But I, I just think that active like spruiking is just ineffective. I don't know. What are your thoughts around you that? You just argument? answered your question about Joe Rogan just right there. Yeah, I think you're right, man. Sure. You have to just answer that question. Yeah. I did want to mention something earlier because um, uh, we moved on from that one particular topic. But you said that um, uh, you and when you, when you had your coins on CoinSpot, you ripped it straight off, right? Mm. Um, there's an interesting feature on Coinbase. Which, I, which probably still exists. And that was the fact that one of the first things I was presented with after I bought my first coins, right, was it said, I can't sell my coins. So I was instantly like, okay, so like, like I, I, didn't, I didn't come into Bitcoin with any skepticism at all. But the fact that it said, I can't sell my coins made me instantly think, okay, I have to fix whatever this problem is because I've just gone and put some money in there, mm. purchased it, and now I can't sell it. So what the hell am I going to do about it? Yeah. Um, and so that that was where I had to start researching. How, like, how do I get it out of this thing 
well, how do I how do I figure out how to be able to sell it when I need to? Yeah. If that was the if that was the desire, because obviously I had to know I had to know that it works. I had to know that that it that it's legit, and I'm not just buying air. Yeah. Um. And so I had to figure that out, and so I started to learn how to withdraw, and that's where I went to that point. And I did actually do one sell. It was my third purchase of Bitcoin that I sold, and mm. I sold it for that specific reason to make sure that the dollars went back and that I could pull it out to my bank account. So I did the sell to dollars, then I did the withdrawal to, to my bank. Yes. To make sure that it all works, you know, from A to B. Yeah, okay, cool. So you kind of like just stress tested the system a bit, just trying to like figure it out. Yeah, okay. But yeah, that's that's been the last time I've ever been um, sold Bitcoin ever. Yeah, yeah. Hell Six, yes. Five years ago. Okay, fair enough. Okay, so... So you come across that, and you did you do a detour? Did you do a wide berth? Oh, there we go. We got um, is this a is this a lady or a guy and cat that's up there? Uh, it's a girl. A girl. Okay. She's, she's getting a bit old. She's about twelve years old. Oh, sweet man. My boy's uh, my boy's ten. I've got a Maine Coon, so I got a I got a massive boy, ten kilos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. That's right. I do. I do. I do recall um seeing your dog and um. Amber now owns him. If you, Amber, Amber app now owns him. If, if you didn't realize, oh, Do you right. recall that picture where I said, you know, I now I now own the property to this picture. <laughs> yes, I recall. Do you know what? Not to detour this conversation, but you know what's happened to my boy recently? Yeah, he had. Oh. I know he um he actually got run over two weeks ago. Um, so he passed away, bro. Oh, what? Yeah, no. Anyway, Shit, I didn't hear about this, man. I'm sorry. No, I'll tell you. I'll tell you the story of Ryan. It's fucking. Okay. Why? Sorry, and I didn't realize. My God! No, but it, yeah, I know. I know you didn't. I, I, I guess as much. That, as, yeah, like, that meme was just beat me being silly, of course. That, but I? the reality, the reality is that boy lives uh, in the meme meme verse. Then, well, that's and, the thing. Um, see, see, uh, I've told I, I told Maverick this about about I'm all for um for legacy. Yeah. And so, in a hundred years, most of us are all going to be somewhat forgotten. I mean, there's going to be the Hal Finneys and all that sort of stuff, which will be remembered. Yes. But plenty of us are just going to disappear. We were part of that little Twitter Twitterverse, and so I'm all about legacy. And so some of these things are about retaining something, bringing it forward into the future. Hundred percent. This is what um, this is what actually I had a chat with uh, Michael Dunworth about, and he's just like, in the future when Bitcoin is ubiquitous, and it's just like, you know, like our email internet is ubiquitous. They're going to look back at these earlier conversations and go like, how early were they? And so memes are part of the culture, the podcast, yeah. like everything I'm doing right now is going to be recorded forever. You're, 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 you're basically, you're going to be uh, data that's recorded forever. This conversation, well, whether someone listens to it, that's a whole other story, but you know, well, I, would hope that, I would hope more eyes um, see my post was down the line too. And your picture will be on my poster. There we go. Yeah. hundred so, percent. That's, that's, that's the hope. I think that's what uh, that's what um, that's what Bitcoin does to us, doesn't it? To make us think not just for like, I mean, it's, we're thinking like legacy stuff. It, it's quite insane. So when you think about your stack, like, do you have any intentions of selling your stack at some point, or like taking some profits, so to speak, and and try and like, you know, kind of live free? Like, let's imagine you've got a healthy stack, and you go, I'm going to just shave ten percent off and have a good quality of life. What's your view there? I really don't know. Like I recall all the early videos were always saying, you know, remember, you know, at what point in time you're supposed to take profits and stuff. And then there was a point where I just actually said, you know what, I don't really know 
what I'm actually planning. I actually yeah. don't know. Ultimately, I would like to, um, you know, probably uh, be able to improve my son's life, you know, in the future. Um, yeah. And any any other offspring that may come along, and so there, and so and so they'll be the beneficiaries of uh, of some, you know, like a good amount of coins, hopefully. Yeah. But look, I don't, I don't know. I mean, obviously, you know, to some degree, we we we're, we're sort of trying to we're trying to beat the uh, the retirement superannuation type scenario anyway. So like, you know, most of these guys are out there trying to, you know, collect their super and stuff like that and try to retire on that sort of stuff. But I don't know if I'm going to end up needing to take, you know, 50% off the, off the table. I don't really know. Yeah, it's hard but to I, know. I, I have no intention on selling um, while I'm still, um, you know, while I've still got all my, all my limbs and I'm still walking and stuff like that. So, And you can still earn an income. Yeah, Basically. if I can continue to earn an income, I don't see any reason why I would need to go and touch it. The only times that I do touch it is the times when I actually have my my spending stack, which is basically, you know, paying for pizzas, buying tickets and and like, you know, doing stuff online. So I do have do have a spending stack, so I don't like to be seen as um, as someone who's just hoarding them all, but um yeah, we we spend every now and then, but yeah. yeah so that makes sense. That makes sense. And I think um, what you were touching on there about like, you know, superannuation or the pension fund scheme that kind of uh, is the kind of compulsory contributions towards the sort of black hole uh, in the future where other people are managing your money. They're charging a fee. You don't know what they're investing in. You ask them the question, they go, just trust me, bro. It's really good. Don't worry about it, man. Um, and uh, the reality is that Bitcoin is going to outperform every single one of them, not just like a little bit, by like a country mile. Um, there's no second best, uh, as it that's, were. That's and, the uh, hope because that's yeah. the hope because I see those, you see those ads in Australia and I don't know if I don't, Americans wouldn't see this obviously, but um, uh, you occasionally get the ads where someone's going up an escalator and one one's going down an escalator. You know, one person's going to get $400,000 when they retire, another one, 500,000. It's like, whoop do do a $100,000 difference? Mm, mm. like i'm aiming <laughs> Let, let's 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 say we're aiming for something far better than that let's yeah let's just not try to sc sc scratch the bottom of the barrel here let's let's actually try to um set up ourselves for the future yeah and future generations i think that's really what this is um part, you know part of this is about is that yeah. it is creating that sort of generational wealth and that's something yeah. that people talk a lot about and then you know so that brings us to sort of the the super side of things as well as self or the collaborative custody. So let's talk super now. Do you, do you think that it makes sense for the average person here in Australia? Um, and then I think in the States, they've got like a Roth IRAs, which are, I think are the equivalents where hmm. you can basically stack Bitcoin there. Do you think that like makes sense as opposed to just a regular super or, you know, do you think everyone sort of has their own kind of approach and whatever they're comfortable with? That has to, that has to be tied with someone's risk tolerance. If, if no one wants to do that sort of stuff, then by all means they can go out there and continue to um, do stick with their rig barrier super. I think you I think you, you, you kind of are taking a risk kind of doing this. While the upside might be pretty great, we don't 100% know what the market's going to say to us in 20 years and whether or not those funds have to be liquidated because they say it's more banned in this country now. I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, that's I right. I don't I don't think I'd be telling I don't think I'd be advising anyone to go and get super if they if they're not like one one of us, you know, like a hardcore Bitcoiner who knows exactly what it's doing. Yeah. If they're not, I wouldn't I 
I would only recommend like like what um, Peter Dunworth does. I probably wouldn't go more than two percent um, holdings in someone's something um, you know as funds. So yes. if they wanted to go and get you know sixty percent you know American shares and forty percent Australian shares or whatever, that's fine. Yeah, um, but no, not not like the not like the way we would do. So yeah. Yeah, I think I think one of the things we come to realize as Bitcoiners is that sort of volatility and risk are not the same thing, whereas that tends to be how traditional finance looks at things. Yes. And so I actually like, I mean, when I talk about like Bitcoin is risky, I, I'm you know the subtext there is that it's volatile. I don't think it is risky. I think I can trust it late. I can trust it because there's no people there. Yes. Um, that it's programmatically scarce, etc. But the the uh, the volatility, if you don't have conviction, will slaughter you. It will it, you will lose sleep. And you know, I just tend to say to people like, look, if you if you're losing sleep, you've got to you've got to adjust your um, position. Like you're overweight if you're losing sleep about any position you have in your investment portfolio. Yeah, well. I certainly haven't lost any sleep doing this sort of stuff, except for the fact that I'm up doing memes at like two o'clock in the morning. But apart from that, no, yes. If, if someone doesn't have the tolerance to be able to uh, deal with volatility, yeah, they should not get into it. But no, I'm, 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 I don't really worry about the volatility per se. I'm, I worry more about um, if, if it was worrying about super, it would be about um, how to, how, how the, how the, how the self-managed super fund funds basically view um bitcoin that's all so we don't 100 percent know if they if they if they deem us to be like like kind of like um um you know the 6102 gold um uh reclaim right so how they basically said we, we're gonna we want you to go out there and sell all your gold at 20 dollars um, an ounce or something like that and you've got what two months to two months to achieve to achieve that sale that I, that I don't 100% know about whether or not the they'll turn the heads on super and come come past and say, well, you have to liquidate it all because we don't consider Bitcoin to be um, something that should be in your portfolio anymore. So what could happen in the future? Yeah, what could happen? Uh, yes, I agree with you. They could say, look, all you selfish Bitcoiners, you've sucked a lot of capital out of the fiat system we've got all these old folks who need to retire we need to yes. pay all these expenses um don't you care about the poor you selfish sons of bitches so yes yes you need exactly. to sell okay you become, so, you become the three percent who hasn't got hasn't got one in the arm so exactly say well you just your kids killed grandma because uh because you didn't you didn't have the same crappy superannuation fund as everyone else did yeah, exactly. So now that's when that happens, that's when the rubber hits the road. And that's when, okay, Bitcoiners will need to go. How vested am I in remaining in this country? That's literally what it will come up to. And, you know, I would never advise anybody to, you know, withdraw from their super prematurely or basically become a criminal or, mm. you know, have huge civil penalties. I don't know what they are. I'm not interested in that stuff. But at that point, People at least have that ability to control it themselves and go, okay, Australia's told me to do this. I've got 20 other countries that are saying Bitcoin is welcome, you know, no capital gains, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I have the means. I don't have any emotional ties anymore and we're going to pack it up. Sorry. Yeah. Cheers, Australia. But that's, that's what they can do. That's okay. what they can do. And it is a threat. And I think that they will also 
they will not like the self-custody model in the future. I see an ETF becoming part of it. It's like, it has to be part of it. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Maybe maybe it, it, maybe it might end up transitioning. Maybe it might get to the point, and I would hate for it to, to do this, but you may end up having to, you know, if you have to liquidate, maybe you have to go and buy, buy the ETF instead. I don't know, but I wouldn't, I would hope that none of this sort of stuff has to come to pass. Absolutely. No, hundred percent. In relation to doing a runner, uh, like I know that you've already you've already fled fled one country already. Um, but uh, <laughs> but do you have any kids? You probably don't. No, but I think that's therein lies the the yeah. roots. Yeah. See, that's the thing. I'm in a lot of ways. Um, I'm kind of stuck from the fact that I've got you know I got I got a boy and he's got a mother and then and then the relationship just continuously uh, connects out like a spider web. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to escape when you um when you have uh some uh family ties back back here in this country. That's that's spot on. Yeah, can you hear me now, still? I yeah, I can you hear you just fine. God, I I've got this I've got this really fancy mic setup, and I tell you what, like um. I'm just an absolute idiot because like I, I've only just figured out how to start working out and it is yeah uh, maybe that's well, what I'm hoping, I'm hoping my new mic is uh, working out quite nice. Dude, yours is working out like a dream. I mean, right. uh, yeah. Okay, so we I, I think I asked you this maybe before we kind of went off and something else, but you know the the nature of the show is what well, the intent was always to go. Like, I mean, I was personally scarred and abused by crypto and it literally yeah. like pains me, you know, like crypto dick butts and trippy butthole NFTs are the quintessential uh, soul of crypto for me. I absolutely can't. I, I get triggered. So you spoke earlier about jumping into Bitcoin. Talk to us now a little bit about like whether you've dabbled in shit coinery and then we can talk a little bit about how you look at crypto, everything else. Yeah. I certainly, I certainly did have a past with with shitcoinery because when I joined uh, Coinbase, they had the tree of goods, which is basically the uh, uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Litecoin. So I did go out there and, and you know buy a little bit of each. That way, I had that tree of goods. Mm. Um, naturally, once I started to find um, some of the more Australian exchanges, you see all the casino numbers just popping off all the time, and you're know, like, you're seeing something that just went twenty percent. And you go, why didn't I have some of that? Yeah. <laughs> it happens all the time. I'm yeah. sure it's happened to plenty of people. And there was a point in time where I guess to some degree, you would go out there and get a little bit of this, get a little bit of that, thinking, you know, you could spread yourself and have a bit of fun with it all. But sometimes you'd find yourself, um, you bought something and that one particular coin dropped. And then the other one that you didn't think about buying yesterday popped off. And then you, you you get to that point where you are constantly fighting with internally with the fact that you can never continuously chase these bolting horses. You just don't mm. know which one's going where. So some horses will bolt and then the other one will break the ankle and you have to take it out back and shoot it in the head. <laughs> so, so then what are you going to oh, do? You end up with you know manage micromanaging portfolios. You know you got a hundred bucks here, you got twenty bucks there, you got five bucks there. The one that goes, the one that you got five bucks of moons, and the one that you've got a hundred bucks of doesn't do anything. Yeah. Um, and so you're putting a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit there to catch up, and then suddenly the whole market started to crash. Right. So from, throughout 2018, most of the things I I had went pretty much down like ninety to ninety five percent, and so. 
to some degree, I was looking at them, you know, you know, when if I put like say 200 bucks in, that I was looking at like 15 bucks, you know, in that particular coin. And I guess, well, if I just put another $15 on, I, I guess I, because I, I've doubled my stack, mm-hmm. but then it never really went up. Yeah. Um. So you're always uh, putting on more money to see if you can some, you know, multiply your stack and you find yourself not very focused. If you're putting on five bucks on a whole bunch of things, whereas you could be putting on like 400 bucks on one particular thing, you get yourself so sidetracked and you, you're you always in a state of chaos. Mm, Did you feel that as well? You, you felt you were always in a state of chasing things all the time in constant chaos. You know, it's a, I had, I had a, about four months of Shikoinu literally. And, um, I bought, I think about six or seven and I, I bought them without thoughts on the fly because I was yes. checking my, and we, and I know this, I remember this so distinctly. We were in McLaren Vale, this epic wine region in South Australia. I recommend it to anyone. It's like one of my favorite parts of, of Australia. And it's like, we were out there and I think we we're having some lunch and, th- th- you know, things were running hard. This is now, I think around like, this is like mid 21 sort of coming up. So like we had the crash and our things were starting to run again. And I thought, okay, that was just a dip. We're going to come back. Why don't I just buy all these shit coins and, you know, we'll see, uh, cause they'll outrun Bitcoin. I mean, that's how it works. Right. And four months later, and I just got, I got a sports token. I got something called Algorand. I, like, um, so Chili's was the sports one, you know, it's like, you know, sports tokens. With all. And it's like, not because I have conviction, it's like literally just a number on a screen. Like I want to see this go up. And I also thought I must get one ETH, you know, like you need to have a round number, you know, of it. Mm. You can't just have like point. To- I know what you mean about getting round numbers. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. So you're like, so like a friend of mine was like, I want one ETH and one Bitcoin. And like, so I'm hedging my risks. I'm like, fuck, that's not now in hindsight. That's silly. But anyway, four months later, they're all down quite dramatically. And I'm thinking to myself, I like I'm fuming because I I've listened I've heard so much content. There's no one credible talking about this other bullshit. Not one person. I'm just a greedy little pig, and I decided to go on this little mission because I'm smarter than everyone else, and it didn't work. It was it was absolutely retarded. And I was fuming, and I just thought in a, in like I did. You know how people rage quit Twitter? I rage sold crypto because <laughs> yeah. I was just like this is so this is so dumb, and I knew it, and that's what made me even more mad. So. Yeah, but you're so right because the guy who have the, the most recent episode I chatted, um, I spoke to was a guy, Bitcoin Akasi, he had the exact same thing. And Amy Taylor has also described the exact same thing where it's like, it's stressful. Like you, you've got to be focused on your portfolio yes. and it's hard. Like it's, it's, it's not fun. And so like just having Bitcoin to watch um, and, and, and understand and learn about is more yeah. than enough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there was a few things which... um. Well, I mean, for starters, what you actually were, you were the excellent liquidity for someone else. Whoever whoever told whoever told you that it was the next best coin, like mm. BitBoy, he <laughs> yeah, the, these guys are basically um they're getting you to buy the coins that uh, they're trying to they're trying to um flog off and sell. But one thing I noticed every every one of these stupid YouTuber um video guys who do all these content. Every single every every now and then they would do a portfolio reveal, mm. and they would they would show a percentage of how many particular coins they would have. they would have. And one thing that always surprised me was 
even if they were major shit coiners, they always had like 40 to 50% Bitcoin on their on their holdings every single time. Mm. And even, I thought even if like if I'm if I'm sitting here and if I'm like, you know, let let's say I was like, you know, like 30% Bitcoin and fucking what's it like 75%, you know, 70% um shitcoin or whatever like that. And I was looking at these guys who I was stupidly listening to, and they were all like 50 to 60 percent Bitcoin. I was like, so wait a minute. So what what's going on there? They how come how come these guys have all, all got a fairly heavy position in Bitcoin anyway? Mm. And it was basically because most of them were most of them had been buying Bitcoin since well before they bought bought all these shit coins. And so they started to increase their stack, but but ultimately they've had Bitcoin from from 2014 or whatever like that, and that Bitcoin is way 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 outperformed everything that they now got on their portfolios. Makes and sense. so that was that was always there. Funny, hey, it's actually so funny because it's probably Bitcoin was the biggest individual crypto quotes unquote in their holdings. Yeah. Um, relative to everything else, uh, we even talked about everything else. Yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. and. Yeah, just talk talk to that that whole exit liquidity thing there because I think that's so like people don't people that are new don't get it they don't actually understand well, that whole concept of exit liquidity. So what's the what's the go with that? They, they, I recall I recall plenty of YouTubers I used to watch, and every now and then they would go and do some TA, like go and do some technical mm. analysis, and they would run through all the coins that they liked, and that's the key. Right, is the fact that it was coins they liked. Mm. So basically, if they had like fifty thousand subscribers or something like that, those fifty thousand people would maybe twenty thousand would tune in every single week, and so they would basically be feeding them the TA for the for the for the eight coins that they always like to look at. And so when you're actually doing that, you're kind of refining your you're refining your user base into the pots that you or have already put coins into and so most of these people they probably all they probably went out there and bought x amount of coins um when it was down low and if they keep on talking uh, about the you know technical analysis and the merits of a particular coin for the next you know six months or so all of the people who watch them will continuously buy those coins thinking yeah yeah i, I can understand the way that works yeah that makes sense oh look it's, it's going up oh, it's going mm. down oh, my, you know, friendly, um, the friendly uh, face on the screen is telling me that, oh, this is why that that 10% drop happened. And now we're going to go up 20, 10% again to retrace or whatever. Mm. But they basically are, you know, they're talking about their own bags. They are selling you their own bags. And once you start to realize that once these guys mention the coins that they do, they basically have bags. This mm. is their bags that they are, hoping to pump until it gets to the point where they can sell. And I've seen it so many times, so many people um, on Twitter, they go through and they 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 raid people's, they, they watch people's addresses, they watch the coins move, they see which one goes to to, to the, you know, to the Binance, um, you know, wallet address or whatever like that. Mm. And so they know the times when people have, uh, have moved the coins at the top, sold it. And, you know, they know that the times when they've received it, like, you know, three weeks prior to them doing a promo video. Yeah. Yeah. So they know they, they get it. They, the, the guys who, the guys tell them, you know, this is a good thing, you know, stack up on this and they go, no worries. I'll research for the next three weeks. 
and then they start shilling it. And so they basically got huge bags and all of their, you know, their NPCs are listing in <laughs> and That's they are just like, oh, yeah, 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 like... You know, imagine a, imagine a token where you can where you can put money in, and like then you can watch, you know, you can watch sports or porn with it, like just mm. by by sending micro sense of some sort of shit shit coin into it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And they get excited. You know, I that actually reminds me of a particular. I I, I have I got a mate who um I chat to locally around here, and he um he was telling me that he went and went and sent about like 90 bucks or something like that worth of Bitcoin to a particular address. And I went, what, 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 what did you send it to? Sorry. Mm. It was, please explain. And it was some sort of like, I don't know what the hell it was. It was some sort of token. It was like a, it was like a, an ICO token for a coin that you're supposed to use to be able to watch girls. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, what the hell are you going to do with this? There's, there's like no utility to this at all. And like, I went oh and checked, he, he said, he said the coins there. I don't a hundred percent know if he got the tokens back. Um, if he, if he minted them or anything like that, but I went back and double checked and yes, it had gone down 97% since the day that the ICO was released. No one could have seen that. Oh, like that $90. Is... Not only did $90 basically on the normal market go down to 30 bucks, maybe ish, 30 ish. Yeah. Um, but not only did that, it also went down to about 15 cents. Oh my gosh. It's, <laughs> it's quite, yeah, it's breathtaking. I mean, I, I, I went to a conference, the CryptoCon conference last <laughs> they, year. They've actually named it correctly. It's absolutely spot on. They, I mean, they it's named such... it C-O-N for con. Maybe I should tag them in here. Um, I don't know what the defamation laws in Australia. I think I better, I better brush up because honestly, I've never met such a bunch of grifters in my life. The worst people there. I remember meeting a, a recruiter, uh, a guy who's got a blockchain recruitment firm. And he's like telling me this, like proudly, very proudly, that he's recruiting for this firm and he's going to get paid in tokens. And it's just like, what do these tokens do? Like, yeah. you know, you, you can just imagine, you know, we, we're going we're gonna to put beef on the blockchain. So it's like, you know, dollar beef. That's the sort of tokens name. And then what? You're going to have a bunch of beef farmers go out there and say, buy beef token, we'll track it to supply chains, and then you'll just sell it. The minute your so-called locker period ends. I was actually tempted. There's two things I'll tell you. It's a funny story. One is like, I'm tem- I was tempted, A, to like go to CryptoCon and just be a troll. But it's like, I don't live in Melbourne, so it's a bit of a mission, and I don't want to spend the money because I'm I'm cheap. Yeah, because uh, it costs like 250 bucks, doesn't it? It's ridiculous, right? No, I mean, no, I'm not I'm not going to spend $250 to go trolling. No, 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 no. I thought of doing like a GoFundMe with Bitcoiners, but I thought they'll probably say, look, you can find better uses of your time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, so that was the one thing. The, the other thing is like, so I've got a few bullshit social media accounts um that aren't my real name uh i'm actually known as jeffrey um i won't go into that good day jeff jeffrey yeah i love it eh? um it's a funny name um, my, my name's hungry there you go i'm hungry so there's i don't oh, wait know wait a minute hold on a second wait 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 wait, wait. yeah just walk away from that no 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 yeah yeah so now you have to say what um what they said on 21 22 jump street oh god no i don't know i don't know jeffrey oh, wait, my name is jeff <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. i've got your coffin 
There we go. Okay, that's Damn it, Jeff. <laughs> okay, so where was that? Um, so I so Jeffrey gets a ton of ads, right? Because Jeff, Jeffrey, <laughs> I, can't, I can't handle it now. <laughs> Jeffrey is a, Jeffrey is an Egyptologist, sort of um, you know does lesbian dance theory. I just want all the algos to be a total wreck. Okay, so I get the worst ads. I, I speak nice. German. I, I do all this kind of stuff, and uh, I actually am I'm. Um, head janitor at microsoft it's, so <laughs> it's just so funny and that's a good qualification that is it's pretty yeah it's high quality i get inside you get, you get to sleep in the car park don't you oh from time to time and also get to see what old bull's up to but no no so i jeffrey gets a lot of ads for crypto right and so i get this thing and like i don't know what i was thinking but i just put in my details and i've got another fake guy from um from friends i don't know if you remember joey's fake persona oh yes his yes. name's Ken Adams, right? So Ken Adams is my guy. So Ken Adams, <laughs> Ken Adams fills in and I gave him like my actual number. So then I, I get this call one day at work and this guy's like, G'day, Ken. And I'm like, oh, shit. sorry, who? What? This is Dale. And he's like, oh, um, I was like, oh yeah. Uh, I was like, I was like, yeah, talk to me. What's happening? Um, Cause I get, I sometimes get the calls for Ken. And it was this whole thing about, oh yeah, I want to talk to you about this crypto thing. And I was like, oh yes, yes, yes. They've been texting me all about this, like, are you sick of your nine to five? And I'm like, so tempted to do a Zoom call and just like record it and and just like expose the whole thing. Because it's just like, it's such blatant grifting. And it's so, it's so obviously dishonest. Like, I just don't know how people, like, I can't believe people plow their energy into that. And they can't just find something positive to do with their lives because it's like so yeah, it's obvious. Yeah, it's mind blowing. It's just so much money to be made. I've just taken out of people's pockets. Yeah. Anyway, that blows my mind. Okay, let's talk. I, about... um, I actually, I, I've actually been to. I've had, I've had quite a, f- a few funny instances actually. I actually, um, I got invited to a uh, to uh, what what do we call it? it? Would be called a meeting, I would say, where I was going to. It was like, it was like a Bartios token or something like that. Mm-hmm. I got I got invited by um, by just a friend, and she said I should come and have a bit of a look at invest, and, and then I would advise her as to whether whether it's a good deal or, or not. She felt mm-hmm. kind of need my assistance. Yeah, okay. I was the absolute pain in the ass in the crowd. I was asking him. I was asking him questions that were way, way, way over his head, and he could not answer at all. And the the most craziest thing was I I I. You know, I said to these guys, like most of these guys around me, they had no clue about what was going on, right? And they said something like, um, when when this market is released, that people who have, you know, either a Bitcoin address or an Ethereum address will be able to go in there and claim um, a certain amount of these coins. And, and the allocation that could be claimed was up to 80% of the total addressable coins for this particular token that was going to be released. Mm. So I said to him, I, I thought I looked around and I, I saw I saw all these people who are complete novices. They've got no Bitcoin holdings, no Ethereum holdings, no nothing, right? And I thought, okay, well I'm here and I've got I've got Bitcoin in my in my wallet, right? And I have purchased on eighty percent of the market if I'm the only person who bothers to claim, whereas all these other people are going to be paying thousands of Australian dollars mm. and will only get like one percent of the last twenty percent. Mm. <laughs> yes. And I, so I stood up and I said, "So you say I'm because I've got a Bitcoin address, and because I can go out there and um and and claim a certain amount of your coins, that I could claim like eighty percent of your entire addressable market, 
sell them all on some Chinese exchange and bankrupt everybody in this room. That didn't go down well. <laughs> I love it. I, I physically said, oh, like I said, what, what, who, who, who the hell is going to run their computers with no mining rewards whatsoever to keep your coin running at all? Why would why would we not just go out there and switch switch all of our computers off and shut your entire network down? He was he was hating it. No, I mean because he's probably not technical. He's just a sales guy. Oh, they were they they were idiots. They were salesmen. And the, yeah. the most shocking thing was was after all that, there was a few people who went over to the F bus machine and dumped ten thousand dollars in. Oh God, yeah, it's just yeah. It's sad, man. It's and you sad. know what? Yeah, what's crazy is that coin never actually became anything it it became never, never got created yeah yeah so they put ten thousand dollars into something and i don't know if they ever got anything out yeah and like i don't that's why i say i need to figure out what the defamation laws and all that kind of thing are here because you've got to ah oh, we, we're in such a litigious society here in australia australia um you've just right. got to be careful yeah because i remember when i was working at one of the shitcoin rags there was this one guy like and I don't know what it was. It was a father and son against sports tokens of some sorts. We're going to sort of put these sports things on the blockchain or whatever. And and we then my I know which rag it was. It was Crypto News, and the owner at the time had invested in it, obviously, because this is how you get the inside track. Oh sure, bro. Yeah, I'll put in a little early, and then I'll just market it on my rag, and it'll go up, and I'll just dump it. So it never got released. So the guy was fuming himself. My boss was fuming because he was like, well, what the hell, guys? So he then angrily writes a, a piece. What happened to this project? They've rugged everyone. We got a letter, a lawyer's letter straight away. You better take that article down and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, in the circumstances, like he just was like, okay, cool. They didn't want to deal with it. But we don't, I don't think have that kind of, protection here right. whereas like Corey Pipson can go out there in, in, in the US and just call everyone out for being a shameless shitcoiner but here you kind of got to be careful like like people can go through in by, by you know through inference figure out who runs CryptoCon and all that kind of stuff they can go figure out who's behind it all but it's like you can't go and name people and it's just like ah it it, it is a bit frustrating but you know enough of the crypto stuff let's well, well I'd, actually... like to, I'd like to i'd like to somewhat um give you a bit of an answer for that because one thing oh, yes like, okay sorry you tell me i like to tell people about this quite a bit is that like one thing i learned from the hodl or not um situation right is not too it's not necessarily dead naming but it's more the case of um you don't go out there and nominate someone in particular who is the problem in in any case so I like to avoid directly insulting the person and who they are. I would probably try to hit the target behind the head in a way where you 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 point out you point out their 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 faults, but in a in a way which is more of like a question. So you know you could you could go instead of saying, "Well, you scammed everyone by doing this sort of stuff," is you can ask a question more like what happened to all that money that 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 people were promised mm. do you know what i mean so when you say things like what happened to all the money or what's going to happen when this this happens you're not necessarily alleging that they've done anything at all and you're not naming them at all and you're just simply just throwing a very 
unanswerable question their way that they can't answer because they because they would you know be in hot water if they answered it perfect so Genius, that's a smart bro. way i call it i call it shoot, shooting behind the head because because basically it's like a shot over the bow you're trying to hit them dead square in the head but you miss them and you hit behind them mm, think about exactly. that think about that if you want to attack people you've got to ask you've got to ask a very strong question that that gets them in trouble and ask and and not necessarily go for their jugular but you know i don't know yeah no, i totally I, like i'll give you an example with this whole cryptocon thing because i think it's full of scammers so the question posed is what to what level of due diligence do you perform in determining whether or not the exhibitors have the user's best interests at heart and are acting in good faith. Well, there you go. That's a question. Because it's a question. And I know what the answer is. Zero. <laughs> so, they, they, they just simply won't answer. No, no, no. Exactly. But um, no, that's great, man. I think, and here's what's so funny is you doing like lawyer work and I, I'm supposed to be the one who's um, a lawyer. So it's like, are you joking? Well done. That's brilliant. Well, I'm well, not, I'm not, um, well, I, Look, I don't, I don't know much about the law, but I, I certainly feel that um, I, I learned, I learned certainly from from Hodden Law because of the fact that he, 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 he spent like days or something like that, basically calling, you know, saying someone was a particular scammer, and you see, I just didn't say anything just then, right? And so he was saying someone was a scammer. He went out there and got himself in trouble because heaps, heaps of people screenshotted it, recorded it, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, and so if you ask. And a very very awkward question, something that puts them in an ice bath. That can really just it. You've, what you got to do is you got to you got to you got to cut at, at the ankles. You know you got to um you got to you got to drain away the sand from underneath them. Mm, mm. Here we go. I love these analogies. Yes, no, exactly. Okay, that's that's some that's some good wisdom. I didn't expect wisdom from you today in that regard. <laughs> it's well, yeah. Okay. I, know, I know i know i've got a lot i do a lot of trash talking but um but, but it's you know, true. I'm, I'm mature now so I, I think about things no that makes sense all right so we've traveled down the crypto path and now i just want to check in on this aspect because i actually when i when we were chatting about doing this interview i was like hey shit i didn't know this guy has like five thousand plus followers he's like a oh. He's a semi, he's a bit of a celeb in the Aussie world. I mean, we're not a huge market, but and I was like clicking, okay, followers, you know, and I'm like, these are all Bitcoiners. Like I'm looking at them as like a lot of them, like there's a lot of you I don't know. And I'm wondering, like, how did you become the self-proclaimed meme lord of Bitcoin? Self-become meme lord. That's the Self, thing. Self-proclaimed. So, aren't you, aren't you, don't you call yourself a meme lord? Yes. Yeah. So yeah. So I mean, self-proclaimed. Yeah. 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 I think I think I think in I think in a lot of ways I I'm one of I'm one of quite a few uh, memesters in Australia. So I would consider um, uh, Sven to be um, someone who does obviously he puts his memes together and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I've sometimes seen me- memes come out of uh, Rory Highside sometimes. Mm. Um, but there's not a, I mean, look, I mean that there's that there's that guy who dresses up in like um like a ash an astronaut's outfit, but he's he's one of the crypto guys. So. Mm. There's, there's not that many meme, meme lords in Australia, so I, 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 I guess I hold that um, that badge because it's probably the only one. Like I said, I said on Merrick's, um, or no, I actually said, I actually said on uh, Tribe Talks that that I can't 
get above anyone from like a macro perspective. I can't get any above anyone from a, from a technical perspective. So what is my avenue? The, my avenue is just to make jokes. And I always want to make jokes because it's, it's just fun. Mm, <laughs> and, yeah. and I think that, um, like I said, I've said at one of the Bitcoin bashes that um, the best way that you can you know, attack someone is with, with comedy. You've got to make it, you've got to make it funny. And, and sometimes it might be awkward for them. So, yeah. That makes sense. Awesome. And you, do you just, did you teach yourself how to just put together all the memes and all that jazz? Did, I mean, like, yeah, you... yeah, yeah. In most cases, um, yeah, I just, um, I just, I just only, only know the very basics in sort of like, uh, you know, putting together videos and putting together Photoshop uh, jobs. Yeah. I'd like, I'd certainly like to learn a lot more because I think most of mine look uh, rather crude in comparison to, uh, to other people's work. But, you know, at the same time, there are other memes where I deliberately make it look terrible. Yes. Because um, sometimes when it looks terrible, it's actually funnier than when it's clean. 100%. That's, that's uh, what I was going to say. Like sometimes when they look deliberately a bit shit, they're actually more effective. <laughs> yes. 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 Like there was a, there was a recent one where um, where BTC Sessions, Hema, I'm just name dropping like crazy here. Oh, brilliant. Uh, so yeah, BTC okay. Sessions was, um, he was, he was touring through Italy and it triggered in my mind, like I was lying in bed, um, about to, you know, ready to fall asleep and stuff like that, and triggered in my mind about about one month prior. Everyone was posting his picture of a of a dinner in Italy. Um, mm. and it was like you know, I love being in Russia this time of the year or something like that. Yeah. And I just thought this location that everyone was memeing about a month ago is pretty much the same location as where Ben is living, um, staying right now. And so I. <laughs> I was on my phone. I just grabbed a picture that I could find online of Ben, and I tried to fucking I tried to white out everything with my finger, <laughs> and just like stretched it onto this buddy picture, and then posted it without without even a um a thumbnail on the corner at all because I just roughed it. Yeah. And like people were like, oh, you know, it was a, it's a little bit it was a little bit crummy. You could have refined it. And I, now I think I wanted it to be. I think I wanted it to be garbage. I actually think I wanted it to look absolutely terrible so that it really looked like he was not there because because yes. if i did it too perfect people would think that it is him and he's actually sitting there but by being yes. trashy I, yes. he knows that i'm fuck, I, i've i've been i've been i'm lying i'm i'm fucking around what's the okay so the power of memes when it comes to bitcoin what do you think the whole essence is though because i mean there's there's also having a laugh but there's i think there's also i didn't actually quite understand the importance of memes until I think it was COVID when it's really like, I mean, then I was became a digital madman. Well, that's and, it. And that's, that's where I really got it. I don't know if you remember that one where there's this person in sort of a wheelchair, grotesquely overweight yes. with, a, with a mask on. Yes. And, and then it's like pointing to this chiseled guy, like, but yes. your mask on, you're killing me. You know, exactly. kind of thing. Yeah. It's about, it's about telling the truth in a way that, pe that people can relate to. Yeah. And what I like to think about is the fact that I've told Izzy this before, but, um, you know, we, back in the days when we had a king on a throne, right, the king, if he, if, he, if he saw a peasant who didn't bring in enough corn or something like that, off with his head, chop, right? Mm. Or like the knight who failed at war, you know, like, you know, put him in prison, right? But the joker would sit beside him and make fun of everybody around them and they would say, continue doing your work. And so the person who makes the most amount of jokes sometimes um, can get, can go right up to the king 
and almost like make fun of everybody at the same time without getting a single, without going into jail or losing his head. Quite literally getting away with murder. Quite literally getting away with extreme damage. After murder, yeah. Um, mass, yeah, causing extremely, extremely um, devastating reputational damage and doesn't um, get in any trouble for it because it's funny. Yeah. It's no, quite, I think sense. it's, I think humor is quite powerful in that way. Oh, it's, so it is. And it's humor is what I use to sprinkle my life with because things happen in life that are just, you, if you can't laugh at it, you'll cry. So, you know, and yeah. I, honestly, it's one of the few things I think like it's actually one of the things that drew my wife and I together was like humor, oh, really? the office. We started watching, you know, David Brent, oh, uh, the yeah. British office yeah. and like, and and we 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 especially in the right in the beginning we watched a lot of friends together and we just were in hysterics laughing um and 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 we just keep each other laughing because that's it's so it's so important especially in this day and age of so much like um there's so much negativity you really can get wrapped up in stuff so it's definitely it's definitely worth um keeping a sense of humor through thick and thin because um I think it's a critical part of uh, life. Yeah, so so she didn't she didn't she didn't come on board because of your rugged good looks then. No, no, it wasn't good looks. <laughs> eh? You know what? The thing is, if you spoke to her uh, at the time when because we met like a long like I haven't said that long before, but we were introduced before, and there was this whole like we dated for like maybe two weeks, and then you know she wasn't over her ex and all the whole spiel. Three years later, I come back from the US. I was very belligerent at this sort of luxury spa, and I went to the hairdresser like. Um, one of the last days I, I knew I was going to be there and I got my hair dyed like proper red, like real mm. red. Mm. Um, and so <laughs> the the manager comes in and goes, Dale, what the hell were you thinking? So I was like, <laughs> I wasn't thinking, I'm just being a belligerent shithead. I'm sorry. I just, I just thought it'd be funny. So I came back with this horrible hair. My wife called it like clown hair. She was like, oh, you no. never looked more unattractive. Like you could, you actually were horrific. So it was nothing to do with the looks. It was, it was actually was it, was it heavy humor. red, was it? A real it was red. red. It was oh, like, God. I went to like a metal concert um, and I did it for that. And it looked like absolute hell. And I had long hair at the time. So it was like, yeah, I thought it looked sexy at the time, but apparently it was more like clown hair. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah. but um. So my last last question, man, before we wrap up. So, you know, we we're in the bit of a we're in a bit of a lull. It feels like we've been. I've, I mean, this is my first real bear market, um, in the sense that it's just feel like it's gone, it's gone on forever. What what aspect of Bitcoin is that sort of keeps you sort of so drawn to the space? Like, why are why do you go to these bush bashes and why do you sit on tribe talk and what is it about all of this Bitcoinery that like keeps you coming back? Because the price action is not the reason, clearly. Well, well, to to describe to describe the 2018 bear market first, right? So, I like I I I, I did when I was doing my research. I realized that when you look back at the charts, you realize that there's always a low spot. There's always a low spot in you know 2013. There's a low spot in you know 2015 and stuff like that. So I knew that something would eventually happen and so i needed to stick around and and stack while i could because i knew that the opportunity would change eventually mm. where it would run and then you would miss out on certain things so i knew that i had to be there so i had to continuously stay in relation to hanging about like hanging around on twitter 
admittedly during that particular bear market, I spent quite a lot of time in you know, what they call CT or crypto Twitter, yeah. which is where I was basically hanging, hanging out with all the memesters in the crypto space. And most of those guys, yes, would, sometimes I'd be going to bed at like two o'clock at night and I would be in fits of laughter because of the fact that we were cracking jokes at each other and making memes on top of memes on top of memes over each other. But to some degree, I obviously started to focus a bit more on Bitcoin and I started to see that those guys were sort of still mucking around. I was still, you know, dabbling in, in all these random coins and making a mess and I started to mature out of that and I I no longer saw what they saw as being all that funny anymore. And now I'm on obviously in the Bitcoin area making making memes with them. And some of some of the memes from crypto Twitter from back then have moved over just like me. So I still see some of the guys who are in who used to be in crypto Twitter now in Bitcoin Twitter because they've refined too and they're doing memes on this side. Mm. So there's so there's a, there's a, there is a small amount of like gravestones back back in the old crypto Twitter where nobody nobody um, retraces those particular um, things anymore. Yeah. But now I'm now I can see even more stronger now that um, the the uh, Bitcoin Twitter guys are some of the best memers because they are well most Bitcoiners are pretty good at critical thinking and critical thinking is sometimes where you come up with some of the most like smartest ideas. And that that's what brings together some of the biggest laughs, no doubt mm. about it. And I now look back at some of the other stuff and it, like most of the stuff was just in-house sort of joking. It wasn't necessarily talking about the assets that they were trying to get. It was more about just that like knock, knocking about. I see most of the, the crypto spaces have, as being basically dead on, on, on the meme perspective. They have no ability to... They, they they don't fight you know the you know w e f you know the world economic forum yeah. Like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah they yeah. don't fight you know the the health 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 people they don't fight the presidents and the and the prime ministers and stuff they don't yeah. fight any of those sorts of people then don't, don't make memes about them at all but bitcoin twitter does we're at the pointy end of the spear directly attacking the top and and like I, I have, I have an absolute ball listening to most of these guys, um, and I'm happy to say that I personally hope that I, you know, I've made a good, yeah, maybe 400 friends out of the whole thing, really, because, mm. you know, I didn't really have that many friends back back about 10 years ago because they're all starting to fade away. But now, you know, I know a good 80 people who go to to bush bashes, yeah, and I'm probably connected with another, you know, 200 odd people um, globally, and. Man, I can't. I can't wait to go to the buddy halving party over in El Salvador too, because I, I'll be able to go and hang out with all the, you know, the, at least a hundred of the top-notch guys um, internationally. So that'd be really good. Wow, that's epic, man! And I can totally resonate with that. Hey, it's just like, yeah, I mean, you know, being a migrant, don't have a lot of like, you know, natural mates. You, you know, yes. you, you come there, and I mean, Bitcoin people are my mates, man. And I was at yes. McCormick's. Um, in sydney recently uh for the what book um event and i loved it man it's just like i mean and, and the, the content was good but it was just like also the it's like like the bush bash it's so good just meeting people in the flesh um and it's like you know the critical thinkers the smart people you know we support each other i mean 
you know, there there's different people, there's different views. Um, I'm sure there'll be a little few, there'll be spats here and there, but um, for the most part, like I've just met some of the most magic people, and it's what makes Australia feel like home, man. And if I I, I don't know if I would be here long term, I can't, I couldn't see myself here long term if I didn't have my Bitcoin mates, mm. because now I've met so many of them in the flesh, and I feel like they're real people, and maybe I don't see them or speak to them all the time. But when I do, I just, I'm like, I feel like I'm at a wedding. Like I'm, I'm loving life. And uh, I, yeah, I can't wait. Um, I can't wait for, for Murrah. Uh, the Bush Bash is going to be absolutely epic. Well, maybe, maybe we should organize a wedding at Murrah. We'll just get two of the guys to go and get married and go down the aisle. And we'll, and we'll pronounce them man, man and wife or man and man. Man and man. I mean, I'm, yeah. I mean, I, I can't, I, unfortunately, I think it's illegal to. Um, Brindo and Hatch. Illegal. Yeah. Okay. Those. T- <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I actually, I was thinking we should do we should do something for those guys. There's some sort of like, um, yeah. Maybe let's talk offline. Maybe we can figure out. So yeah. I, I, I was thinking because those guys like they, they made a huge. Um, they were inspirational to me and my journey as a, as a podcaster or a media guy. And I just, I just think they're just they, they're just so genuine. It's ridiculous. Like so, yeah. so relatable. Yeah. Um, I think I think I think some thanks has to go to uh, Tim and Bill. You can tag them in the um, in the show notes as well. Yes, uh, because they you know along with Irish um, set up the Bush Bash, and so I think that you know we're 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 making it go from strength to strength, and you know they're always standing up there, presenting to all of us young dudes because um, you know those guys are a little bit older than us. So yeah, we're just a whole bunch of little spring chickens around around them. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, we'll have to. No. Yeah, one day we'll have to, we'll have to take the reins and stuff like that, and you know we'll pass it on to the even the younger kids like like Nick and stuff like that. He's he's like about 20, 25 or something, isn't he? Oh, totally. No, exactly, man. It's it's brilliant to see, and um, yeah, it, again, all this stuff will go down in history. All this stuff will go down in history. Um, and we were at the forefront of it. Like, uh, it's so exciting. Um, awesome, man. So, where do you want to tell people where where should they find you? I mean, we know you're on X. <laughs> X. X. I, I don't X. want to call it that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So yeah. So I'm I'm sure most people know me from from my Twitter account. Um. I do also have a link inside my Twitter um bio, which is goes to my YouTube page. Mm. I've only got about 242 subscribers right now, so it's absolutely groundbreaking. And I just checked. I checked Social Blade yesterday. Um. It said that if I had my 1,000 um uh subscribers. I'd be earning three dollars a year, so like I'm making bank. Yeah, you are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to exactly. see those three dollars at all. You could just imagine um, me. I mean, I'm. I mean, I've got twelve subscribers, so I'm killing it. So yeah, I mean, I don't even know why I'm having this conversation. I should just be going spending my money. Well, well, I think it's just you and me now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're just I having mean, a private conversation right here. Yeah, there we go. Okay, cool. So we go go to uh, Swallows YouTube, go to X, and. um and then I don't know if are you dabbling in Nostra yet or, or what's your story? I there? have a Nostra account, but I don't do much with it. No, I mean, ditto, man. It's I, I've just got to because I know I know that's the future in the sense of one day if I say something silly, I know that at least Nostra will be a place where yeah. I'm free. Well, uh, I know that free. I'm I know that I'm learning. Yeah, you know, at least if I've got one, I can learn from it. Like I know that everyone likes to get all excited about getting zaps and stuff like that. Um, I don't think I've got enough following to be able to go and get any zaps. 
if at all. But uh, like like one of the things that uh, the ICO offender said, Yellow, he said that, um, and I totally agree with this, this, is the reason why I didn't go on a Nostra for a while there, was that, um, well, there's only a small group of people over there. I don't know if it's like 5,000 people right now or something like that, but they all are yes men. They all love exactly what you love. Um, there's no, nobody's going to tell you to go and get stuffed. So, you know, in the open, on the open internet, the part of Twitter where everyone else is, mm. uh, that's where you can attack. That's where you can attack Biden. That's where you can attack attack the the ECB. You know, that's where you can attack um, uh, Dan Andrews and all and like all that sort of stuff. So yeah. you can't attack those um, those characters on Nostra. They're not there. And so yes. it's, I think, ICO offensive. What, what, what he said, he said, um, it's like shouting in the middle of a desert. Mm. So there's not there's not much not much fun shouting in the middle of a desert. You're not going to um, affect much change. Yeah. But but certainly, um, by all means, um, I'm on there, yeah. and I can if I ever get banned, um, I can always have a chat and just say, look, I'm all right, guys. I just got to go and get me account back back online. I guess. So, there yeah. we go. Awesome. Sweet man, um, it's been rad. I've really enjoyed this chat, man. It's gone, it's gone. Uh, you know, we had we had a bit of a we had a bit of a roadmap, and it's um it's taken some beautiful detours, and I love yes. it. So nice one, man. And um, yeah, I look forward to seeing you in the flesh in Mara. Yes, and hey, I'm hoping man. to speak. Yeah. Okay. Brilliant. I speak. Awesome, dude. Okay. All right, Swala, your champion. Appreciate okay. you, man. And uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks for getting me on, Dale. Cheers, bro. You're welcome, Hello. man. Yeah. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed the conversation and that you got some value out of it. Either way, hit me up on Twitter and let me know what you think. My handle is Dale21M. If you've got any suggestions as to people you think I should be talking to or topics I should address to, I would love that sort of feedback. Otherwise, if you want to support the show, there's a couple different ways you can do that. The first is just to share it amongst your friends and family. The more that people hear the message that Bitcoin and crypto are not the same thing, the better. And I want to help people understand that. The second thing you can do is give me a five-star review on whichever podcast app you're using. Of course, that's only if I deserve it. And last but not least, if you want to stream Satsmoe via the Fountain app, I'm not going to say no, but it's not expected. Thank you so much for your support thus far. It means the world to me. I appreciate the hell out of you and the best is yet to come. Much love, friends. I'll see you on the other side.